I will not be the least bit surprised if Kyle feels more comfortable going with Brock Purdy for the future. It's just the style of quarterback that he's used to. I understand Trey Lance is the big name and the guy that everybody wants, every 49er fan wants to see him shine in the future. But I would not be the least bit surprised if Kyle next season goes to the training camp and he is more taken away by Brock Purdy than Trey Lance. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Everyone these days has an opinion. Butthole or podcast. And all of them stink. Except for this one. Welcome to Just Your Opinion, Man with Stephen Langford and Derek Papa. Stephen, now that you are a newsman, what is your preferred time for breaking news? Oh, uh, in the morning, of course. Right before you have to do your shift? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I can tell you when I don't want it. 9.30 at night. Yeah, me too. I was snug. I was not in the right headspace to uh, react to Carlos Correa signing with the Giants. Mm. That was... uh, It's been a long day, Stephen. A long day of uh, me being a producer again. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks. Welcome, everybody, or just Ernie, to Just Your Opinion Man. Steven, joining me this week. We'll get Alon next week to react to the uh, Raider game. But um got a lot to talk about today. And speaking of breaking news, it's not only breaking, but it happened uh, a few hours ago. Warriors lose again on the road to the Indiana Pacers. Wow. Um, I believe the final score was 122 to 119. I could be wrong there, actually. Yep. I'll get the get the actual score here if that if that is the correct score regardless um they are 2 and 13 on the road this season and that's uh quite an issue at this point um it may just be that they're not really i don't know it, it's just not happening this season but the problem is that uh Steph Curry left in the third quarter with a shoulder injury and we shall see what uh 125 to 119 actually is the final score but yeah. regardless Steph Curry shoulder injury uh he'll get an MRI tomorrow and that would really suck uh to put on top of what's going on this season they fall back below 500 after you figured they would have figured things out against the um Boston Celtics but two road losses since then and uh they don't look like they don't look like the team from a year ago so Hopefully Steph Curry is fine or he'll be out for not a long period of time. Yeah. Um, well, one thing, and I'm going to double check this as well. One thing that we, um, that you know, didn't get talked about too much in that Celtics game is the difference that uh, time Lord Robert Williams makes whenever he's on the floor and he's not on the court for the Celtics yet. So Robert Williams didn't play in that Saturday's game and, and without him, um, I think the Warriors just match up really, really well uh, with that Celtics team. So that was a good win on Saturday. Um, these past couple of games, though, you know, um, the, the the one against the Bucks was just bizarre, man. What a weird game. Yeah. Very strange. That, that one happened yesterday, and Warriors just got manhandled against the Bucks. Yeah, man. Giannis is just so, like, that 
the one that really stood, I mean, aside from just when he takes like two steps and he crosses the entire court and manages to get, go in for a dunk um, and carries his way the entire, the, uh, the entire over the, through the, he carries his way when he runs, when he runs the floor. Um, but uh, Jesus cats going crazy already. The thing for me, I got a spray bottle, by the way, you spray your cat. No, I'd spray above the cat. It's a it's a harmless thing. It's not like a it's not like a stream. You it's, poison your cat? No, it's it's tap water, Derek. Oh, you poison your cat? It's tap water, Derek. Tap water is not good for cats. Uh, is it not? No, it's fine. <laughs> but um, although you, you ever run of those people, they're just like, oh, you give your animal tap water? Well, yeah, of course I do. Shut <laughs> up. I haven't Stop judging me. I have not run into those people. Neither um, am I, but uh, I one day I will. But uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing with Giannis, though, the one play that really stood out was when like DiVincenzo blows right by him at half court. Yeah, and then Giannis just says, "In that moment, I think Giannis just let it happen because he knows that he could just." take three steps from half court and go and block the shot. And sure enough, that's exactly what he did. And then the bucks score on the other end. And you know, the, the, the technicals that were all given out the refs and the non calls, the fact that the bucks got to the line 32 times, just a really bizarre game. Um, but one really that the, quite frankly, the warriors just did not deserve to win. The bucks were absolutely the better team. And uh, you know, tonight it's just a case of, you know, the, the, the schedule really, it stinks, man. Like I understand yeah. what Steve Kerr means with the 82 game schedule. And he thinks that it should be cut down to 70. Like these back-to-back games, they, they wear on these players. And, um, you know, when Steph is panting at the end of halftime and he, or at the end of the first half rather, and you know, like Steph is like conditioning wise, there's nobody in the league. That's as good as he is. Like that's partially what makes him so good in the third and fourth quarters is just, the fact he's able to run around the court still at such a high speed as if he's just starting the game out and defenders can't catch up to that. I don't know, man. It's just, that was tough. And then, you know, obviously at the end of the third quarter with how well he was playing and then that little soldier, that shoulder injury, which, you know, those are the ones that make me the most nervous. Um, I know we're going to talk about the 49er game um, probably. And uh, well, we are, they absolutely are. And Debo Samuel and that whole thing. But that looked like a totally gruesome injury where it looked like every single ligament in his knee and like every anything in his ankle just was torn, was done. I thought he'd be done for the season. I was after I first saw that my first reaction, I was like, whoa, oh, my goodness, that's just awful. But like the ones that don't look as painful, like the one that Steph just suffered in this game, it feels like those ones are the worst, you know, like the MRI that comes through tomorrow. Like maybe some are saying, ah, you know what? Just rest him for the road trip. Bring him back for Christmas Day. It's going to be all good. I, I don't know. Nobody really knows. But the fact that it just didn't look as bad makes me think that the injury is worse. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. And if I know a good Warriors injury report, the word contusion will be used. Ah, the word contusion. Yeah, They no, love using be, the word contusion. It's going to be contusion and... Um, when he's when he's you know when he's starting to uh, practice a little bit, it's going to be yeah he's ramping back up. We're ramping, ramping. back up, ramping, ramping back up, baby. Like like he's a car. Yeah, uh, yeah. I hear you, Stephen. But um, as far as them playing too many games, yes. But also, I don't want to sound like old man here, but Steve Kerr played in in the NBA back in the day, and they played a full eighty two games, and it's a different you know 
NBA these days, but um, I just think the Warriors just are tired. Yeah, and I think it, I think it's a huge carryover from last season. Everything they had to deal with the off season, the punch going to uh, where they go Tokyo. Yep. Um, I'm I'm tired. Um, really, I could not tell. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm a little stanko. I didn't get much sleep last night because I was panicking about the next day with Carlos Correa. Understandable. We'll get, we'll get to that in a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's see what happens. I would say this. The Warriors, I don't know what the deal is on the road. It may just be that they just don't get fired up for road games at this point. Um, hopefully Steph Curry doesn't miss a bit of time because this East Coast trip is kind of a bitch. And we shall see about... Um, let's, let's see if Steph's healthy enough to come back for Christmas Day. And right. let's see where the team is at that point. Um... I still think they're they're going to be fine. They may not be a championship team this season. You know, at, at this point in my lifetime, I've seen the Warriors win four championships. I think that Steph and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green's—I hate using this term—legacy has been cemented. I don't think they can hurt or hinder anything else in their careers. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens from this point out, I'm cool with. Um, but yeah, I still want to see them be a competitive team, and I think that really there's no good teams in the NBA right now, with the exception of. Teams in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. I'm still not buying the Pelicans as the best team in the West. And I think the Suns have gone through a little skid right now. But I think it's still early. I think we I think we start this NBA season very early now. And I really don't think things get really kicked off until Christmas. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, that's how it is, really. And, and I don't know. I mean, maybe that's when the season should start. I mean, it's, it's things it gets going in October. But, like, I don't, the NBA good. has been real funky this year just in general. Like, the, Are we talking funky or funky? Funky. It's been it's been it's been a real funky year. Funky. Get the funk out of yeah. my face. Get yeah. the f- I don't know. It's not it's not like is it the cha cha slide type of type of funky where it's like mm. we're about to get funky, funky, funky. Or is it the funkadelic type of funky where it's like Mother Earth just it was impregnated for a fourth time. <laughs> You're all over the place. <laughs> I know, man. I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm hyper. I don't know why. I'm, I had a really long. Well, you should today. be. Oh, that, that's good. I, I, I miss naps. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think we're both in agreement. It would suck if if Steph Curry missed some time, but I think the Warriors will be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's early in the season. It sucks to see the injury. It's very early. It's very um. Early. Also, the 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 Wiggins thing. Wiggins not around, not playing. The Clay, adductor, Clay not playing. Yeah, you know, um, they'll figure it out, and we'll see about James Wiseman. I, they could do some deals at uh, the trade deadline, and I think that the you know I know a lot of big news has happened in the Bay Area with Brock Purdy and Carlos Correa. I I think this Bob Myers thing has been kind of swept under the rug. I I, I know that there's you know, like I just said, there's other big news going on right now, but. Uh, I, I I think that's going to be a big deal because I think that Bob Myers has been the the master, the guy that has orchestrated these championships, in my opinion. Uh, obviously, Steve Kerr has done everything on the court, but as far as, you know, guy bringing Kevin Durant here, guy, you know, bringing in Jordan Poole, guy that, is, you know, and people are going to count the misses that he's had, but Bob has been salt well, of the earth, well, great guy. There's also other things, though. You know, it's not just it's not just the players he's picked and, you know, the the, the roster that he's built. Um, I think one of the things that makes Bob Myers such a special GM and you're actually going to find this with a lot of um, you're going to find with us with a lot of head coaches and 
general managers and just, you know, uh, members within the front office, members within the team. Um, you're going to find this throughout sports that have been there for a long time. He lets the players be themselves, um, which is huge for, you know, a lot of t- like, unfortunately right now, maybe the Hornets head coach, which I just saw this clip earlier, but maybe the Hornets head coach is letting the players be themselves a little too much because he's saying that um, he basically just had this quote earlier, Steve Clifford uh, from the Hornets, where he said, everyone's just looking for a shot for themselves and they're not playing as a team. And you need five all-stars in order to do that. And they are not five all-stars individually. So we need to play better as a team. But, Damn, Steve, you came back to coach the, the Hornets to say that? Yeah, yeah. Clifford, the big head coach. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, nah, man, it's like he lets them be themselves, though. You know what I mean? Like Draymond Green, you know. Oop, there it is. There we go. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't spray the bottle toward the cat, away from the cat. Just, ah. just let him, let him, let her know. Now she's off the, now she's off the dining room table. When we got still a bunch of like Amazon packages with Christmas stuff. Um, why, why, why don't you just use like a Febreze? We did. The cat smells good. We did it first, but like it's too, it's sometimes too much. You know? Yeah, it c- could be cruel. Anyway, yeah, a little bit. Um. Yeah, man. He just lets the players be themselves. And if Bob Myers goes, like that'll be be fascinating to see what happens with the team moving forward if they don't finish out his contract. But the latest is that they haven't come to any terms yet. And um, you know, we'll see moving forward. He's one of the more underappreciated, you know, mem- uh, still, no matter how much we talk about him via sports radio, like we're entrenched within the sports radio world. Um, you know, now working outside the sports radio world, you kind of learn that, you know, not everyone knows who Bob Myers is and just the type of guy he is. So I think, like, as far as members of the organization, he, he's uh, underappreciated through this dynastic run that the Warriors have been on this past decade. Definitely. And, um, yeah, I think Bob's a great GM, and hopefully he sticks around and continues his uh, dominance with the Warriors. And if not, uh, want to be the least bit surprised that Kirk Lakeup is the new GM of the Warriors. But, yeah, Kirk. Kirk. Well, uh, we'll talk about that another day. All right, Stephen, I give you the floor, sir. Carlos Correa signs with the Giants 13 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. $350 million. This is a week, uh, exactly a week after Aaron Judge signs back with the Yankees and all the all the Giants fans are their heartbroken, and everybody has been clamoring for a big name from Bryce Harper to John Carlos Stanton to Shohei Otani. And now they finally land a guy with Carlos Correa. I give you the floor, sir. Yeah, no, Carlos Correa, man, is, um, I mean, 13 years is a long, like, you know, I, I was saying with Aaron Judge, like, it's all about winning, like, right now, you know, and all that. Um, but Carlos Correa, I think he's in it for that. But also, like, I think he feels that within 13 years, like, we can build a championship team within that time. Like, it doesn't have to be next year. It doesn't have to be in the next two years. I've already won my championship, even though it's kind of tainted from 2017. Um, like, Aaron Judge is still searching for that. So, even though I think he made uh, – I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not saying that the Giants are set up to build, win a championship next year, but I don't think the Yankees are going to be set up to win a championship. I think he's going to be set up to just be losing in the American League Championship Series like they normally do, um, at least this regime. But no, it's a, like they, they needed to do it. Um, I can't say I'm too surprised, though. You know, um, not yeah. after. I mean, of course, I'm surprised with the contract and how Farhan normally operates and just how the Giants operate. Alex Pavlovich had this earlier, which just kind of blew my mind where 
this may be a product of like the skyrocketing market within baseball, but um, <laughs> the, the contract they offered him was more than uh, they, they've committed more money to Carlos Correa this year in this offseason than they've committed to an entire class of players in any offseason. Mm-hmm. Like the highest amount they committed was $250 million, um, in 2015, and now they've committed. 360 million to one player in total. You add like a, about 102 million more than that. You get grand total of 462 million dollars, uh, which leads baseball. But um, no, nah, man, just as a player, as a leader, um, I'm really excited um, for Correa. I think that he's going to be um, a really great mentor to these young guys. I saw this thing from Jeremy Pena earlier, who's a breakout star for the Astros. Um, I'm, I'm sure, like you have probably listened to this for the last 12 hours. Um, so you probably know everything that I'm saying, but, um, I also went back to that 2017 time as well, or 2020 rather when the team was caught, when the Astros were caught mm-hmm. and it's just, I remember Correa doing that interview with Ken Rosenthal, where he spoke for 18 minutes about the whole thing. And I remember at the time gaining a lot of respect for him because it felt like he was the only one who really spoke at length about the entire thing and was you know, made the admission like, Hey, we were wrong. And, you know, we messed up. We shouldn't have done this. Um, and I still stand by the fact that like, even though they got caught, I feel like there's a lot of teams in baseball that were still doing it. Like 100%. It's just like what Alex Cora doesn't go back to the Red Sox. Then all of a sudden we just forget that the Red Sox cheated in 2018. Like the Yankees, they were caught with like, they were, there's an investigation using for them using video and no one cares. It's just because they were they won a championship and they got caught. Um, so to me, I, I don't care about that whole thing. They get a great player. I think they get one who can, uh, who has a sustainable style of play. He's he 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 can do everything, and then it enhances the Giants Dodgers rivalry too because of everything from 2017. So it's just it, from all angles, it's it's just a great move. Do you think it's a very long contract though? Well, yeah, but. Every I I don't really care. Yeah, because it's like if you're gonna get one of these star players nowadays, I don't know how it started. Um, Bryce Harper, Bryce Harper, I guess was the guy. Well, uh, actually, I guess it started with Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, with the Rangers. Um, yeah. So like it it really so blame him, but uh, I don't know. We always do. Thirteen is a very long time. Like he's gonna be forty one. Kind of got existential about the whole thing. To be honest, I started thinking about life. I'm like, what yeah, if I'm dude, not even I mean, a, what if I'm not even around by the end of his contract? <laughs> I think, I think everyone had that thought today. I was like, 13 years, shit. I'll be older than him. I am older than him. Yeah. Uh, Tom Tolbert today put it perfectly. He was like, shit. I'll be 70. I don't even know if I'll be around anymore. Right. Like, Jesus. You got, you got all you, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but, like but there's, no. there's going to be a baby that's born uh, in this year. You know, by the time the end of Correa's contract turns around, you're going to be 13. They're going to be turning into a mermaid. Yeah. Um, 13th year, Disney Channel? No? No, I... I Well, thank you for the explanation a little bit, yeah. Um, it's not not one of my favorite Disney Channel movies. Uh, more of a, uh, a Brink or a Johnny Tsunami guy. Yeah. Johnny or Tsunami, under kind of a jerk, by the way. What's we'll up? Talk. Johnny Tsunami, kind of a jerk. Johnny Capahalo, at least. Not the grandpa, but the, the Capahalo kid. Can't say I've seen him in quite some time, so. Well, when you watch it back, you're going to be like, dang, you know, he's kind of, uh, these people were trying to be kind of welcoming to him, and he just uh, swept him off to the side and said, nah, bruh. 
more of a jerk than um the kid Jonathan Taylor Thomas and I'll be home for Christmas? No, 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 no. That kid's the ultimate jerk. <laughs> yeah. Just the only reason I say this is because when uh, during the pandemic, me and my roommates were just watching a bunch of Christmas movies, and we watched that one, and, and the the uh, <laughs> the opinion was, yeah, fuck that kid. He's he's just an asshole, right? Like, um, like, he also I'm... talked like a like a like a forty year old man. He was in college. Hey, you ready to go down and go to the Dave Matthews Band concert? <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, back to Carlos Correa. Um. <laughs> And we will talk about football. Don't worry, people. We will we will talk about football. But uh, yeah, um, I understand Giants fans' pain because I've heard you know those three names: Bryce Harper, John Carlos Stanton, oh, uh, Shohei Otani, all whiffs and all guys that were rumored to be a part of the Giants' free agency plans. And now they finally get a guy. And um, yeah, Carlos Correa, good player. Um, I, I think you nailed it, Stephen, where he's already got his ring. Now he's looking for a big-time contract. Um, this team is not ready to win yet, in my opinion. Uh, let's see if they get uh, Dansby Swanson. Um, but then again, we, we Tim Kirchner came out with us today, and he was like, he plays shortstop too, so I don't really see what you, what you would do there. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's that's probably not going to happen. Hang on. what the cat, got, the cat got one of the ornaments, man. How? how? We put can't the- have that. Which Jeez. which ornament? I don't. We we bought some red ones from Target. All right, yeah. you you handle that situation. Um, and then you got to figure out what's going on with Brandon Crawford. Uh, I guess the what Susan Slusser says is he's going to move to third base. Um, and then yeah, you know I'm with you, Stephen, about the whole Astros cheating scandal. If people are hung up about that stuff. I think they need to just let it go. She um, was playing with the cupcake. Oh, you can't have that. You can't have that. But also, that's misleading to cats. Obviously, that's fake food, and that's just hurtful. This is also facts. Yeah. Cupcake. Yeah, I know. Um, I will say this. Correa. I go back to I go back with him when he won the first uh, championship with the Astros, and the only one for him. Um, one more. What? What? What am I? More big learning experiences, Stephen. Oh yeah, what, you remember what happened after the, uh, they won that championship? Yes, Carlos Correa proposed to his girlfriend. Uh-huh. Miss, uh huh. Miss, I I, I want to say she was like Miss America or whatever she was, like Miss Universe or something. Yeah, yeah. One of the one of my more forgettable tweets. Do you remember this? Do I remember your tweet from twenty seventeen? Yes, because it ca- it caught some traction. No. So, back in the day where I, you know, eh, I'm just the goofy guy on the caboose pistol. I'll just tweet out whatever I feel like without any repercussions. And uh, I remember tweeting out, damn, Carlos, you could have any woman in the world right now. <laughs> why, why would you do this? And then, of course, everyone was like, even, uh, <laughs> you know, I remember even Sal Castaneda being like, Derek, you, you use your inside voice for that one, man. It was, it, it was a bad one. It was a bad one. Man, are you are you gonna you should if Carlos Correa ever joins your show, you should bring that up. I will not, because I doubt he saw that. <laughs> yeah, he was busy. But I'm an older man now, Stephen, and I know that that was a childish thing, childish thing to tweet out. Regardless, good for Carlos Correa. He's got, he got his bag, and um, yeah, you know, I understand some Giants fans. And a couple of people say like, "Oh, it's, this is a disaster. It's gonna be terrible." 
this is what you got to do these days. You got to sign guys to big ass contracts. And if any anything in any sport, no one ever plays out the full contract mm. ever. Right. I, yeah, the, with the, the exception no- of Albert Pujols, like I, I can't think of guys that that play out the full contract. Yeah, the full no trade clause thing, all of that. I don't, I don't buy it. But uh, also, one thing that's really this, it's not really bothered me, but it's something that I've seen repeatedly. I think I've seen this like maybe with every big name free agent so far. Most recently, with Noah Syndergaard signing with the Dodgers, he bet on himself. Like these guys. Well, they have nothing to lose. Well, the thing is, though, they've already bet on themselves by trying to become Major League Baseball players. (laughs) Great point. You know what I mean? Like, it's really, really hard to become a professional athlete, you know, let alone. I've kind of realized this, you know, it's when you're in this. This may be a learning moment for me, Derek, when I was younger. Um, But (laughs) like, I don't care if you're kind of setting tone. (laughs) (laughs) But um. Like when you're growing up and you're playing sports, you know, you always dream of playing like in the professional in, in, professionally. You always dream of playing in the major leagues. Like I remember Miguel Tejada got like a contract that was worth like six million dollars a year. And I said in my fourth grade, um, like this little uh, this paper um like there's like what do you dream of or whatever and i, I want to be miguel tejada yeah 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 i also said that my favorite food is a chicken quesadilla from taco bell um but <laughs> i swear to god but uh yeah it was i want to make six million dollars playing in base in 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 play major league baseball like miguel tejada and then you know once you kind of get into high school you realize like okay maybe i'm not really cut out for this when there are players there are plenty above my level um, you know, and you really got to start thinking about your future realistically. Um, but these guys, like, they spend their lives trying to make it to the major leagues. Now, sure, they're betting on themselves by, you know, maybe the fact that Correa could have made, what was it, like the, the Astros offered him like a total of $121 million or whatever that number is um, that they offered him a couple of years ago. Instead, he went to the Twins, and mm-hmm. they said he bet on himself and made $200 million more. Sure, but all these all these major league baseball players bet on themselves. Some of these guys spend their entire lives just trying to play in the big leagues, um, you know, and going back and forth from the minors. So I, I don't know. I just think that's kind of a slight to like every professional athlete who decides they're going to dedicate their life to the sport. You know, it's just, they have to sacrifice a lot. They're betting on themselves already. That's that. That's a long five minute answer short. Like that's, that's really what it is like, to me. I'm just like every athlete's bet on themselves. It's not just these players. No, I, I agree with you, Steven. And um, the only thing I found interesting today was that it was not officially announced by the Giants. So yeah. when it does, I'm sure we'll have a press conference. But uh, yeah, kind of interesting that wasn't announced today, but I'm assuming it will very shortly. Yeah, it would. Uh... <laughs> it's making some people nervous, dude, although dude. You, you can't blame John Heyman for this one. Oh my gosh! Could you imagine Jeff Passan tweeting out tomorrow morning? I jumped the gun on this one, folks. Sorry. Yeah, after a whole day of uh, radio content and everything, yeah, there, there, there's no going back on this one. Yeah, and, he, was and, at, and, he, he was at UFC 282 on Saturday. Jeff Passan? No, Carlos Correa. Sorry, oh. I figured. Yeah, that's what I want to know. Actually, I wondered. I want to know. Like, did you? Because you know, he's he's chilling with Alex Bregman. They're watching the fight in Vegas. I'm really curious to know, like, did you know you were a giant already or did you make that decision within the next couple of days? Because there was only three days removed from that, you know? 
Well, you know, what's interesting is that they did a full court press for Aaron Judge, and now, it, you know, all the things have come out. Richard Aurelio was there, so was Buster Posey, and they had a full meeting at the uh, Gotham Club, and they went all out. And um, I don't think the Giants met with Carlos Correa. So it's interesting how things get done. Well, I think also, like, if you see that, that clip from MLB Network where he's just going on for five minutes about analytics. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> him and Farham are two analytic peas in a pod. Yeah, man. It's like, come on, man. Two Dude, nerds. You, got, you have no yeah, idea Farham's how excited Farham's I was watching that. I'm like, come on, you're watching you're talking about Woba. You're talking about you're talking about weighted on base average. Come on, bro. I womba, she womba, well, he, the, she me, womba. Also, though, I think that the study kind of, of wombology. Whenever we talk about analytics, it turns into this thing where it's like, oh, analytics only show you that the three true outcomes are what matters, walk, strike out, home run. But like Correa put it in a way where it's like, no, it's, you, the home runs are great, but you want to get this up. Like if you're going to get this stat up, this is one that proves that you are hitting all around. You're, you're knocking guys in, you're, you're, you're being, you, you got value. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, it is pretty, uh, pretty fascinating to me. And I think that's kind of what, uh, made Farhan looking at him and be like, look, this is our second option. I think this guy would fit perfectly here. And I, I don't know. I, I do wonder if they met that they didn't. Is, is that what you're, is that what the I don't is? think they did. Huh? But they were still favorites out of winter meetings to land him. So that's yeah, pretty interesting. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see when it's officially announced. And um, yeah, dude, the giants could have a really good infield by the time this is all said and done. Like, I don't care what anybody says about the prospects. The fact that they took a dip last year, they got a little, oh, uh, yeah, Ernie says he didn't mention bacon, and I was out on his analytics. All right, Ernie, I got you. Yeah, Ernie knows, man. A lot of people, uh, I'm like an analytic apologist. <laughs> I was on the pregame show. Nobody really liked that. I think I turned a lot of people off with that one um, whenever I was talking about bacon. Batting average on contact. Oh, I, I see. Batting expect It's actually ex-bacon, so expected batting average on contact. Uh, I thought you were actually talking about the meat. No, well, I mean, you could be. You know, is it a thick cut extreme x bacon? Is it uh, is it uh, pork? Pork? It already is pork. Do you, like, do you like maple bacon? Yeah, I like maple bacon. I'm good with maple bacon. You what go. about you? Yeah, of course I just do it because you just mix your you know your pancakes with your bacon. You got your syrup. Oh gosh, I, I, I'm not. You do? It, do you do that? Uh, not anymore. It's it's not good for cholesterol, but yeah, sure. Back in the day. Oh man. I mean, when, you know, those life lessons you learn from when you're twenties and in your thirties, you got to focus on the cholesterol. I know. <laughs> don't, don't send out a uh, semi sexist tweets and <laughs> don't. Yeah. And then and swap eat, and, out, <laughs> swap out bacon pancakes for breakfast and, you know, turn in honey nut Cheerios instead. Those are the life lessons that I learned. I am eating a lot of Cheerios these days. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move on to football. And last week, Stephen, uh, you beat me by one point. Goddamn. Oh. Um, even though I think I got more games right, but it was just the matter of uh, the point spreads and whatnot. Yeah. But let's talk about. Um, Purdy. Good, yes, Brock Purdy, the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, since we already talked about the Raider debacle, that was the Niners had the complete opposite. And there was a lot of questions about whether or not Brock Purdy could handle his first start ever against Tom Brady, and there were six others that couldn't do that. And Tom Brady, uh, Brock Purdy handled business, and Tom Brady looked like you know he doesn't have an offensive line. 
Um, 35 to 7 drumming by the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy finishes with 185 yards, 16 for 25. Uh, 16 for 21, 185 yards and two tugs. Mm. And it really was the help of Christian McCaffrey, who I thought was going to be stymied by the Buccaneers defense, but he goes for his highest rushing total yet, 119 yards and a touchdown and a receiving touchdown. That was beautiful. And I was very impressed with Brock Purdy. I was impressed with him the week before, but this was even more impressive with just, you know, having a week under his belt and having some game tape. And the Buccaneers were not ready for him to come out and sling it. And he looked comfortable. And I am not going to get carried away here. Actually, you know what? I'm going to wait to say this. But Brock Purdy looked very good, and I think he's going to put them in a good position to potentially win the division. We'll even talk about the game tomorrow. But your your thoughts on Brock Purdy's performance, Steve? Yeah, no, I mean it's, it's the same thing. It goes to show what football experience can do, and it's just, I, you know, I, I think the thing that I was most impressed with, and I'm not going to act like I watched every single game at Iowa State, um, but I did go back and watch highlights from Iowa State after this game, um, and the fact that in the NFL he was still able to evade pressure the way that he was, like the way that dudes were just overshooting everything, they were just so aggressive. They clearly wanted to get to him. You know, like they were very eager um, and and just the way that he was able to kind of slip away. There was that one throw to Debo he had on the sideline where it just looked like he was going to get sacked. But then he totally, uh, totally evades the defender, jukes him out and then gets the ball to Debo. Just really impressive stuff. Um, but also, like like you said, McCaffrey, the burst of speed that he had on that rushing touchdown. It's crazy. It's like it's like it's like pinball almost or something where it's like he bumps into the guy and then he just turbo just turns on and then the jets just boom it's like we said last week it's um, turbo time it's turbo time baby jingle all the way sinbad um (laughs) where phil hartman phil hartman yay yeah uh, these cookies are delicious do you you have these cookies i love your wife's cookies um (laughs) i think she's in the shower ted let me go check that's so good it's so good. Oh, I love him. Um, oh, rest in peace. But uh, yeah, not he. Uh, the way McCaffrey was able to turn on the burners, though, like last week, we said you could tell there was issues with his hamstring because there was one he didn't run out where he looked fully healthy in this one, and he just totally beat the Buccaneers defense. And then um, the other guy that I want to point out too, uh, Brandon Ayuk on the offensive side. Yeah, this dude is just such a polished route runner. Um, he doesn't see he like in training camp when I was there. He was making he was catching these passes, which just made you go, oh, my God, <laughs> like, you know, whatever. He's double covered and all that. But in this game, I forgot who the who was the I forgot who the cornerback was that he juked out on that touchdown. But my God, that route was just so crisp, so clean. And, uh, you know, the cornerback didn't have any idea. So clean, clean. Exactly. So, you know, just a very impressive, um, very impressive performance by the offense all around. But it did start with Brock Purdy. Yeah, dude. Uh, like I said, I was very impressed with Purdy, the way he was able to move in the pocket, uh, make great throws. And um, yeah, defense, that one to McCaffrey, man, was just yeah. like, I can't believe he got that one off. Weird situation there where they reviewed it, said it was incomplete, and they came back and said, oh, the original call was right. I, I think it was just the refs trying to save their ass there. Mm. But um, defense had a great performance as well, um, with even not even registering a sack, um, still getting pressure on Tom Brady and 
The Bucks will probably win the NFC South, but I don't think they're going to do any damage this season um, as far as the playoffs. They'll probably lose to a good Cowboy team in the first round. Right. So I thought it was a great performance by the Niners, and I think that they are in a good position with Brock Purdy as their quarterback. Um, bad moment with uh, Debo Samuel. Um, oh. And we, listen, everyone has a problem with how someone is used when they get hurt. Right. They don't say shit the whole season. Right. The same thing with Dre, which with Trey Lance breaking his foot. Uh, then we get people upset with Debo Samuel getting run up the middle. And especially from Jerry Rice, which I, I found interesting. Um, but I I know that the reaction initially was, oh, my God, he tore his ACL. I, I didn't think that just because it's different from what happened to Kyler Murray. We'll talk about that, where it was a non-contact. You saw his knee just, you know, explode. Um, and yeah, I think it's encouraging. I think he'll be back for the Raider game. Uh, what, that's what it sounds like right now. So, but I think everybody needs to chill out on Kyle. He's doing a fantastic job. He's when he's won with three different quarterbacks this season layoff. They're doing, yeah. a, they're doing a pretty damn good job. Yeah. It's really weird, man. It's like you blame him for the Debo thing. And then all of a sudden it's just, yeah, this is Brock Purdy and Brock Purdy alone who understands the offense and didn't get any help from Kyle Shanahan or he doesn't get any credit for that. It's just like, you know, w- w- like what, why, why? And also I went back to the last game too. It's like they were up by 11 then they ran Debo on like a second and four. Nobody argued with that when they were up by exactly. two scores and they run him on second down. So it's like it only it, it only amplifies when the guy gets hurt. Um, just an unfortunate injury. And also, it's not like he ran up the middle. I mean, it was like a it was an outside run, if I'm not mistaken. He was supposed to bounce outside the tackle, but instead yeah. he's gone back inside because of the defense snuffing it out. Um, so, I, yeah, the, the, that that injury sucked. Like that was a very emotional first half like that's yeah. incredible like the just with the whole thing with purdy you're like oh my goodness and then like his dad you're watching his dad tear up watching his son it's like oh my god but i love my favorite thing was at the end of the game purdy football guy says at the beginning of the press conference <laughs> yeah i got hit can you keanu neal hit me and you know once i got hit though that's when i really started to get going i said yeah let's go and it's just like brock purdy football yeah, his name is brock Brock and he's ready to rock. Um, yeah, I, I, rock think on. I think they're going to be in a good position, uh, going forward with him. Um, I, now that being said, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl with him at QB. It's going to be very difficult, but I, he looked poised and yeah. that's why it just keep continues the argument that scouts don't know what they're doing when it comes to the draft process where this guy is Mr. Irrelevant. He's the last pick in the draft. And so far, he's looking like the best rookie quarterback this season. Uh, let me think about that real quick before I even make rookie comments quarter. Like well, that. I mean, you, you don't have really Kenny Pickett. To, you don't have many to choose from. Kenny Pickett's Kenny Pickett's looked okay, um, but Malik not great. Willis. Malik Willis looked terrible in his time. Yeah. So, yeah. so I would say Brock Purdy has looked like the best QB, but that's a short list of QBs this season. Very so, short list. But also, Steve Young kind of put it in great terms today, where he was he phrased it as Brock Purdy is a fortunate son, like CCR. And by the way, every time we have Steve Young on, he likes a, a song to, to come in with. So he chose CCR today, uh, fortunate son. Mm. And he related it to the fact that Brock Purdy was put in a grand, fantastic situation. If he was on a different team right now, he probably would not be performing well. I mean, I thought he was going to come out too. Purd, purd, purd. Purd is the word. Oh, that's what we, oh damn it. 
shit told him that. Shut up. Part, 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 part is a word. <laughs> well, that would require me to change the lyrics. Well, what and, about, you know, ah, uh, and Barstool took this from me. I, I'm sorry. Barstool did. They made a shirt out of it, and I I want to rock and roll on Night and Purdy every day. Yeah. I'll, uh, You're not oh, the first person to come up with that. Well, I kind of was. It was in August, so, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll pull up the check tweet the if tape. you want. Yeah, check the tweet. But as, as uh, yeah, I, as Steve Young was saying, he was put in a good situation. He was on a good team. He's on a team with a good, uh, you know, offensive coordinator. So if Brock Purdy was in a, you know, a crappier team, as Steve Young put it, uh, they probably would not, he'd probably not be doing it as well. But oh, those are facts. His experience at Iowa State and now playing on a good offense, I think is helping him. Yeah. So let me, let me say this. And I know this is, Kind of hot takey. Um it's okay, but I do Derek. I know I I'm I, I don't like it, Stephen. But let me just say this. And I tweeted this out. And I'm kind of trying to not tweet as much these days because I'm just not a fan of the whole thing. But let me say this. I think it is going to be a thing that Brock Purdy gets more playing time and has more experience than Trey Lance by next season. Even Dante Whitner mentioned this. He looks more comfortable than Trey Lance ever did. Yeah. And that's kind of unfair considering that Trey Lance has not played much football. And, it, you know, this this move to get Trey Lance is kind of a, a you know, a two-year thing, a three-year thing. It, it may be more of a Jordan Love thing that people realize. Because right. before Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot, there was talks of bringing him back. Now that you see this, and of course it was a small sample size, I want to see more. You could make the argument that you're more comfortable with Brock Purdy than Jimmy Garofalo because while they do similar things, Brock is more mobile in the, in the pocket. And he also, I think he has thrown, he's got a, you know deeper touchdown passes than Jimmy's had thrown all this season. Jimmy played well, no doubt about that. But you may be more comfortable and better off with having a cheaper option at quarterback next season then Jimmy, then Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off an injury and is going to be a free agent next season. I'm sure he's going to have more suitors than he did a year ago. However, let me just say this. Uh-huh. I know that a lot of stock was put into Trey Lance. I understand that. I know that they spent three first-round first, first round picks on him, and everything was set up for him to start this season. Obviously, something compelled the Niners to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, but it was all set for him to start playing this season. Right. And there's been rumors about Kyle wanting Mac Jones from the get-go and not Trey Lance. Uh-huh. I will not be the least bit surprised if Kyle feels more comfortable going with Brock Purdy for the future. It's just the style of quarterback that he's used to. I know that he already, he had RG3 in the past and, you know, Johnny Menzel and guys that could, you know, be athletes and, and run a little bit, but I, you know... People hate this, but I think he likes a Kirk Cousins type. He likes mm -hmm. a Jimmy Garoppolo type. He likes a Matt Ryan type. Guys that do what, he, you know, like it's, it's not an off-scripted play. It's what he likes to do. It's running the football. It's putting the ball in that spot. So right. I understand Trey Lance is the big name and the guy that everybody wants, you know, every fan, every 49er fan wants to see him shine in the future. But I would not be the least bit surprised if Kyle next season goes into training camp and he is more 
taken away by Brock Purdy, the Trey Lance, and eventually Brock becomes the starter. I know that's crazy, and I know that's way down in the future, but I think it's more the style of what Kyle is looking for. Yeah, well, also, I think Kyle just wants a quarterback. Kyle just wants a quarterback, too, that also feels comfortable. Like, Jimmy's very comfortable in the system. That's why he likes Garoppolo is because he's very comfortable in the system. He's willing to work within the system. But doesn't love. Mm, right, no, exactly, yeah. because well, he's, he not, well, he's also not looking downfield. Like, I think sometimes Shanahan does want him to look downfield, and he just doesn't. Um, whereas, you know, per, like the thing that Hitner said, I think it's more of a hot take to really say, like, Purdy's better suited to take him to the Super Bowl. I really think that's why they call it a Hitner's hot take segment. Um, but as far as, uh, like the second half of what he said, when he's like, you know, Jimmy's an accurate quarterback who, um, this year didn't throw a lot of interceptions, but you know, he doesn't throw the ball deep downfield. And then Trey Lance, even though he has a better arm, which he does, he has a better arm than, than Purdy. Like Trey Lance has a very strong arm. He has more zip on the ball. No Um, doubt. There's no doubt about that, but also not that accurate. And also was a little jittery whenever he was playing. Um, and he even mentioned that too. Like, you know, he's like, yeah, I started off a little jitter, but then I got going, but you know, there was times where it's still as pressure got to him. It's just like, all right, what do I do? What do I do? Um, it's not his fault. He didn't play a lot of, he didn't play a lot of football. Um, but, uh, you know, and Hitner basically said, uh, Hitner, uh, but he basically said like, be careful with know, that. um, like he's basically a combination of both. He kind of compliments the both of their shortcomings. He's like, yeah, he's an accurate quarterback. He's not afraid to take the deep shot. The only thing with Purdy though, and this is what I'm seeing a lot is he's not afraid to hit the home run. Um, well, like you can't go for the home run shot every time. Felt like he was doing that a lot in this last game. Um, you know, he was accurate, but also like he was going for the home run shot anytime that he could take it. Why um, not? It's well, there. Right. But if it's, if it's there, there's sometimes when, it may be, you know, you swing for a home run and you strike out. And, you know, maybe that's what Niner fans want. Sometimes you want to take chances, but you don't want Brock getting too overconfident. It was something I heard on the Manning cast where Eli's like, yeah, well, watch out for him being overconfident, though, because sometimes that overconfidence, you uh, get a little too, uh, you know, aggressive and you might make throws that you shouldn't make. Uh, so, you know, I'm very interested to see how these rest of the games go. But I think to your point, Depends how the rest of the season uh, plays out. You know, you still, like you said, you need to see, still see a few more games. Um, you know, I he, Shanahan's not going to name a starting quarterback, um, but I do think that it's going to be um, – Shanahan's not going to name a starting quarterback next year uh, definitively. Like, he's just no, not. No, he won't. He won't. It, he never does. He's just going to, you know, he's going to answer it the same way. Whoever gives us the best chance to win, I'm going to go in training camp, see what, uh, see what these guys got, blah, blah, blah. Um and, you know, I do think it's I, I think next year, the prevailing thought was after Jimmy got hurt before we saw Brock Purdy was, all right, Trey Lance is going to be the starter next year. Jimmy probably not going to be on this team and Purdy's going to be the backup. I think it's going to be more of a competition than um, than than we than we originally thought. I agree. And I think that, you know, Brock Purdy playing well doesn't necessarily mean that the Niners will have a good shot of winning the Super Bowl because I think it's going to be tough you know, them to, to go into Minnesota or them to go into Philly to win a game. But I think it does make the Niners feel more comfortable with saying goodbye to Jimmy Garoppolo with the sense of having either a starter or having a good backup to Trey Lance. I think they would rather have much, they would rather have two young quarterbacks 
making not that much money that they can start spending money elsewhere. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that's a bad situation. You know, some people are going to be upset that Jimmy Garoppolo moves on, Greg. But um, <laughs> we will uh, we will see what happens in the offseason because this has been one of the more interesting quarterback sagas I've ever seen. And then uh, tomorrow we get a game with the Niners already. Uh, they go to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, who they defeated 27-7 to earlier in this in the year where uh, Trey Lance broke his foot. And they'll be with, they'll be without Debo Samuel. Um, Brock Purdy has an injury himself, but he should be able to play. Uh, it'll be a true game time decision, but it sounds like it's leaning in that direction where Purdy's going to play. Otherwise, otherwise, it's Josh Johnson, and I can't tell you the last time I saw him start a game. If he ever did, he probably don't. You know, last year he started for uh, the Ravens. Yeah, he did once, and he also started like the AFL. He's been all over the place. Yeah, he's been everywhere. Um, um, yeah, man. I, th- th- this whole thing is fascinating. Do you see the NFL.com quarterback index? No. Who's who's writing that these days? Uh, Mark Sessler. And oh, good old Sessler. He, uh, he put Brock Purdy at 16 and Derek Carr at 17. <laughs> That's a little excessive. Well, it's just because of the, you know, that last performance against the Rams where Carr just looked inept. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with it. I know we're going to say this for Sunday, but you texted me that you think it's time for the Raiders to move on from Derek Carr. Yeah. You know, I really thought about it and it's just like, there's no denying he's talented. He's a good guy. He's a great leader. The team loves him. All this sort of stuff. But the big, but is this dude just constantly makes the, the, the game changing interception, the one mistake that costs him. You know, of course you, you, Derek, I know what you're going to say, but like, you need your quarterback to help you in some capacity. And I'm still going to stand by it. You and I are going to disagree, but he was not hit on that throw. He ran into the lineman. Like he was not hit by anyone. I don't know what you're talking about. So um, it, it's just going back to the Cowboys and the index card. And I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about uh, just how much money they're going to need to spend in order to build this team. And it's like, you're really going to spend you're not going to get rid of the five million in dead cap money that you'd take in 2022 if you if you release him, and instead you're going to pay him forty million dollars a year, and 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 just that's it. Because to me, it's just like I don't know, man. I just don't see it anymore um, with Carr, like at least getting to a super. And it, and also, it had to do with you know everything that happened on Sunday. Mahomes, amazing. Burrow, amazing. Herbert, amazing. Like all these guys, even like Tua's look like crap the past two games, but Tua's going to be pretty good. Just all these quarterbacks in the AFC, I, I don't know what the answer is, but it just does not feel like Derek Carr is. And hey, man, when I'm seeing Tom Brady and Mike Evans disagreeing, like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those two because Mike Evans got ejected out of a game because he backed up Tom Brady for God's sakes. So there's no strain in their relationship. They were just competitive on the field. But it seems like Brady's kind of tired of being in Tampa Bay. I mean, if you can get him on the cheap next year in Vegas. Oh, uh, Steven. What? He's gonna be 46 years old. Yeah, so what? <sighs> so he are you blaming Derek at all for that loss last week? Partially, yeah. <sighs> I mean that that's that's on Patrick Graham and and Jerry Tillery and all okay, that. Okay, but you can't you can't pass for eleven yards and a half. You can't pass for eleven yards and a half in a second half. Well, let's see what happens the, the rest of the way with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro coming back. 
Yeah. Okay. But like, but also what, but, but, but what's the alternative to, to have Tom Brady join this team and have Tom Brady throw passes to Devonte Adams. This is not why we got Devonte Adams. Uh, that's we, the alternative. Yeah. The Lord. Yeah. And then develop a quarterback in the, be- in the meantime. I'd say let's let's see what let's let's I I, I understand your trepidation. I know I know before the season started, I said this is the make or break season for Derek Carr. And now I'm making more excuses for him. I get it. It's just constant. And it's like, I know, I know self-inflicted wounds and it's December. And also I was looking up his red zone numbers. He's been terrible in the red zone this year. Like he's, I think he's like his completion percentage is like 30%. And granted, it's a very small sample size, not that many attempts, but it's because McDaniels does not trust him to throw in the red zone because of throws like he made. Well, let's be honest. He has thrown in the red zone to Darren Waller and Waller hasn't come up with it. Yeah. They're having a couple of drops, but overall in his career, he's just not been that good in the red zone and inside the opposing 10 compared to other quarterbacks. He's very comparable to Ryan Tannehill. That's who's yeah, comparable but, to. But if you have a Thursday night football game and it's and you're down in that game, Derek Carr is going to win that game for you. Maybe, but man, it's. I'm it's, just saying that because that's happened a lot. There's a, a lot of Thursday night football games that Derek Carr has come back and won. Well, there's all yeah, and he leads. Well, he has. But that a doesn't lot of, mean anything. I'm I'm saying it as a joke mostly. There's a lot of fourth quarter comebacks with him. I get it, but I don't want a quarterback that that comes back in the fourth quarter all the time. I want a quarterback who's good constantly, consistently throughout, and doesn't make mistakes that change the game, which that one did. I hear you. I, it's going to be tough. It's just he makes tough some to... amazing throws. Like he really does. Like he, he, he does things that is going to keep him in the NFL for a very, very long time. Like unless he retires and, and you know, when he's, if he's not a Raider, but it's just, you know, he, here's my thing. See, we, 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 I do. I knew it. We'd get this little discussion. We've been talking about it for like eight minutes. I know, but but, but here, here's the thing. It, it to me, in my opinion, there is no Mahomes or Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or even Trevor Lawrence in this draft. I watch Bryce Young. He's fine. He's a good dynamic player, but I think he's going number one to the Texans. And I, I, I wouldn't take C.J. Stroud over the over Derek Carr at this point. I think. I hear you. I'm conflicted about it too. It's frustrating. I would like to see Derek have another season with Josh McDaniels, but I don't know if he's going to get it. I don't know. I one week they, he looks great, and him and Devontae Adams are clicking, and then he has a crappy game against the Rams. I will admit, but I don't know. Let I I'm going to reserve judgment until the rest of the season because I think it's just tough to make a call on that when you don't have a a good alternative. Right. And I know there was a ton of quarterback movement this past uh, off season. I don't know if we're going to see the same because for the most part, every quarterback that has been moved this off season has not panned out. I don't know if that's going to, you know, that's just the anomaly this season where, you know, two years ago it was Tom Brady. He took the Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. Then it was Matthew Stafford. And he took them to the Super Bowl this year. Russell Wilson, um, Matt Ryan, who else has moved around this season? Uh, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson. It's early. He's only had a couple games, but everybody that's changed teams is not panned out quarterback wise. Right. So I don't know if, I mean, like putting a 46 year old Tom Brady, I mean, that's great to sell tickets and shit, but I, I, I don't know about that. 
well, he knows McDaniel's offense. And, yeah, I um, and I think that, like, look at the Niners. They had one contract with Jimmy Garoppolo, one five-year deal, and they go to the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. And even at the end of that NFC Championship, it was like, well, there's, I don't know about keeping you around here. Like, it's just eventually you got to know when to to move on. And I, I just kind of was thinking about it this week. And it's, it's just Jacobs has been too good. You know, you've paid Waller, you've played Renfo, you've paid Renfo. And to me, the only guy that you could probably put at quarterback that Devonte Adams would respect over Carr is Brady. Like it, it, in in the way that all those, 49ers players were acting around Brady when he was signing the autographs after the game. Like that was hilarious. But these guys all respect him to that point where they turn into little kids, even yeah. though Dre Greenlaw's like the most menacing linebacker in the league right now. Dre Greenlaw's got some balls on him to ask for an autograph after he picked him off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like you said, you, you, you learn as you get older and it sounds like Brady, you know, says he's matured a little bit and, you yeah. know, he's in, he's in good state. Yeah, I, I hear you, Steven. You make a compelling argument for departing from Derek Carr, but I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet. Let me see how he finishes out the season. But I don't even know if that matters at this point. I don't have a good answer for this. Just because no. I like the guy. So but then I, again, man. Like, that's what... It, it's hard to say. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, this game tomorrow. Seahawks, 49ers. Um, Kenneth Walker Jr. Sounds like he will play. Or Kenneth Walker the third, I should say. Yeah. Not junior. Um, Geno Smith and the Seahawks coming off a couple of bad losses lately. They barely beat the Rams. They lose to the Panthers last week. Their run defense has been atrocious, as we've seen, where Josh Jacobs just ran all over him. Um, so the key to this game is basically the Seahawks having to sh- stop Christian McCaffrey. And we'll see if Brock Purdy can do this on the road. So um, in order to stay alive... I mean, literally, this is for the NFC West. If the Niners win tomorrow, they win the division. Um, for the Seahawks, they can still lose this game and I think still be in the discussion with wild card implications along with the Giants and Commanders, uh-huh. even the Lions at this point. Um, but yeah, I think that this will be a true test for Brock Purdy tomorrow. And the fact that it's a short week and he's been injured and the Seahawks play up on primetime games especially at home. I'm leaning towards Seattle in this game. We'll pick it in a couple of minutes, but um, I think this is a, a game that probably Seattle should win, given the the injuries with the Niners, uh, no no Debo, and you know coming off a terrible Panthers loss. I, I, I think this should be a game where the Seahawks defeat the Niners. Maybe, maybe, but like, I don't know, the Debo loss, I don't think it's going to hurt as much as people think. Um, sure, you're going to miss him in the run game, but as far as a wide receiver, you're fine with Brandon Ayuk. Jawan Jennings can handle it, too. Um, and a Jordan, Woolen. Jordan, uh, Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason's been awesome um, yeah, whenever he's, he's run him. the football. So if you're going to, you know, at least decrease the workload of McCaffrey in this one because you don't have Debo there and you want to put Jordan Mason in, I think, I think they're going to be just fine. I really think they're going to I think it's going to be close. I don't think they're going to like blow them out because these division games are always weird and different. Um, and you know, maybe Geno Smith will, uh, you know, more people will write him off and he won't write back, but uh, we'll see, man. I, I, I think it's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a very physical game. 
Um, you know, I kind of I do miss these ones where Jamal Adams doesn't play in these ones because Jamal Adams against the Niners is always just hilarious. Forgot um, about him, especially when him and like George Kittle just go at it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just I, I really don't know how to write this game. I think the Niners are going to win. Um, I do. I well, let's pick it. I think they're pretty well set up, but also it depends on Purdy too. I don't know how much that oblique hurts. The stuff out of practice did not look great. You know, yeah. when he's warming up and stuff, he kind of looks like he's laboring a little bit. Um, good Lord. That'd be the worst injury luck ever for Shanahan. I know, but I do think he's going to play tomorrow, but let's pick this game. Um, okay. so the Seahawks are favored or sorry, the Niners are favored by three and the over under yeah. is at 43. Uh, Steven, you like the, uh, the Niners? I like the Niners here. Um, I'm going to have a Seahawks cover, though. I think it could be a really, really close game, like really close at the end. Um, yeah, and then the over-under, 43. I'll just... Mm, I'll take the under in this one. Uh, I made it pretty obvious before. I'm taking the Seahawks to win this game, and I'm going to take the under. Mm. I think it's going to be tougher. Even though Brock Purdy looks great, uh, I'm going to say that it's going to be... Uh, a really hard game for him to win on the road against Seattle. And Pete Carroll, defensive coach, knows how to get to young quarterbacks. So, yeah, no, you're you're a lot of good reasons. Abrupt ending to the music. It's you know, it's gonna be uh, yeah, it's gonna be a fascinating matchup, man. A lot of tests for Purdy. It's always fun. Like it's there's always a that's the thing with like watching Trey Lance. And I, to be honest, that might have played a part. And uh, now that I think about it, like it might have played a part in me wanting to see him start over Jimmy. Um, was it just so much more? It's just so much more exciting <laughs> seeing yeah. how these guys play week after week. Um, you know, when watching a quarterback and Brock Purdy, like all eyes are on him right now. Um, and he's got that, he's got that dog in him. Everybody loves saying that these days. Well, yeah, because of that viral video. Dog, dog. He's got that dog in him. I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, well, it's a really good video, Derek. You should you should enjoy it. Uh, that along with uh, the guy rapping. What money guy rapping? My money don't jingle jangle. It folds. <laughs> I haven't heard that. That's funny. You haven't heard that? That that that's like a big thing, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, we're we're, we're both just old people now, are we? Especially yeah, kinda, me, Stephen. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of am. I'm really like looking forward to my next trip to Target. That's that's kind of. <laughs> Why is that? Because I, I like the bottom of these pans that I've been cooking with, they're really starting to get dirty. So I'm really looking forward to buying like one of those scrub mommy things, which I've heard just do work. Scrub wonders. mommy? Yeah, they're like these scrubbing, these like sponges with the cleaning material. There's like a cleaning product in there and you scrub and it scrubs the back. There's a scrub mommy and there's a scrub daddy. Okay. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Get a little stocking I... stuffers. Go, 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 go shop for some stocking stuffers. Woo Man, you 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 were you were going all out for the scrub mommies. Yeah, man. Come on. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, um let me uh just go through some of these games that happened this past week for week fourteen of the NFL slate. Uh Mike White, good lord, almost dying. What, what, what? Well, I mean, I got it's eight forty and I still need to eat. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Mike White. Almost dying against the uh, the Bills and uh, yeah, but he he hung in tough and Bills uh, win that game and it looks like they're on the inside track to win the uh, the AFC East. Um, also, Robert Saul after that game saying we'll see these guys again. Yeah, Robert, you will next year. 
your division opponents. <laughs> Weird. Uh, the Eagle, the Eagles totally blow out the Giants. Um, Jalen Hurts right now probably the favorite to win MVP. Good performance by the Lions. Um, Good performance, amazing performance. I rewatched that game. Oh, <laughs> oh, the fake punt. The fake punt first. That of Dan all. Campbell didn't even know they were going to run because he was he was too busy looking at the wave. No, he knew he was they were going to run the fake punt. They didn't. Know, he didn't know they were. Oh, gonna sorry. Run. The uh, the uh, Penny Sewell pass. Any other team, any other conservative team would have tried to get a little run to maybe get a favorable fourth down position. Like maybe you know fourth and one we can run it in. But if we don't, no harm, no foul. We could just you know let this punt go away. But you know what? No, Penny Sewell. Wow aggressive love that team Goff played really well by the way too jared Goff, uh, um a lot of credit to him got a lot of hate but he's looked pretty good they're playing great and they got a good offense i don't know if they rank the playoffs this year but i don't know if you could say that that trade has panned out better for the lines as it has for the rams the rams still won a super bowl in the end but that's a conversation we'll have for another day but vikings slipping up against the the lions so we'll see how they finish out the rest of this season don't they have a uh, negative point differential they do they do and that's <laughs> so what weird. that's everybody's uh you know thing about the, the vikings going forward if they can trust them or not um just real quick mahomes gets uh the win over the broncos but they put up a fight scored the most points they've scored this season uh even though mahomes threw three interceptions but won that game and this game real quick um chargers dolphins uh emmanuel Acho the whole week has been saying that justin herbert's a social media quarterback and tua is better i'm not saying tua sucks but the blueprint has been put out for him if you pressure him and he, he's not able to put do things on time and the way that mike mcdaniel has set up for him he gets off his rhythm and he does not look good um as far as justin herbert he is not a social media quarterback. He is a great quarterback. And I don't know why people are knocking on him. He just hasn't have put a good team around him. And if you want to go hot takey here, I think when Sean Payton becomes head coach of the Chargers next season, he's going to be fantastic. Well, it uh, also, Acho is kind of failing at the whole Stephen A. Smith Cowboys thing where it's yeah, like you know, it's picking on the Chargers as the one team. And it's like, that's not really working out, you know, the whole Stephen A. But speaking of Cowboys, Texans, um, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like it's funny because hey, I only, won. I really only tuned into the end. Um, so like I, I tuned into the final drive. I was watching it live, and if you watch that, you're like, "Wow, Dak Prescott, greatest quarterback on earth!" Oh my god, the throws that he makes to Dalton Schultz and the other wide receiver who kind of looks like CD Lamb on the other side. He's number eighty five. Uh, like like oh, they, uh, they, what's they, his name? Brown, I think. Yeah, um, Noah like, Brown. Because they both have the same length hair, and they kind of had the same style. They're the same body build. It's like whoa. Um, but, uh, I was like, man, he, I God, him, God, he looked good. Uh, but then at the same time, I looked at the previous stats in the game and he did not play too well. And, uh, also it made me have the thing, just get my man, Tony Pollard out of Dallas. Like you're on the final drive. That man does not deserve to, that guy's too good. He deserves to be a number one running back somewhere. He does not deserve to be the number two. Ezekiel Elliott was the running back on that final drive. Tony Pollard was just sitting there with his pads you know, hands in the in the shoulder pads like that. Get my man Tony Pollard out of there. That dude deserves to be a number one running back. He's done enough. Hold on, Steven. He will be next season. I hope so. I don't think Zeke is staying there. Okay. All right. Good. Because uh, they go. Okay. Good. And also in that game, Levy Smith going forward on fourth and goal after they picked off Dak Prescott. It, listen, I know that those Houston Texans love to fire some quarterbacks or fire some uh, head coaches, but uh, geez, 
Lovey Smith, yikes. Um, but I think that's a good spot for D'Amico Ryans. As far as the Dolphins and uh, Charger game, um, I, I, I said I think I said in the last podcast the the Dolphins are going through a gauntlet here where they they, they may be on a five game losing streak. They they go to the they go to Buffalo this weekend. It's going to be snowing. Then they have to play the Packers on Christmas. Then they have to go to New England. It could get really dicey here for your buddy Mike McDaniel. And I know he likes to, you know, likes to strut during uh, walkthroughs and practices, but things could get a little hairy. <laughs> I wish it were colder. Yeah, it's wearing that shirt. My bad. Uh, lastly, uh, Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> and I'm a snoozer, but uh, Kyler Murray tore his ACL, and I think this is means huge ramifications for the Cardinals going forward. Because if you do fire Cliff Kingsbury, who's going to want to coach a team where Kyler Murray is not going to be your starting quarterback next season because he's dealing with an ACL tear? He could come. He could very well come back. Some guys react to ACL tears differently. But I would assume that Kyler Murray is going to be missing a good deal of next season. And I think a perfect guy to fill in for him would probably be Baker Mayfield, knowing Cliff Kingsbury. On the other hand, you have Steve Keim taking a leave of absence today for the remainder of the season. So... If you're watching Hard Knocks, keep watching because shit's going to get really weird with the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's just – I mean, everything that Colin Murray's gone through this whole season with uh, the addendum and now this, I don't know. That franchise looks like it's going in the wrong direction big time. Yeah, and, and I think, like, that um, – the, the fascinating thing for me is the ongoing battle between the artificial turf and natural grass. Yeah. Uh, Arizona has natural grass, but, like, then you go back to week two um, where uh, where Chiefs kicker uh, Harrison Butker hurt himself on that, on that field. And even though it's natural grass, it's retractable. And they're saying it's basically like you're playing on a tray. So you may be playing on natural grass, but still it's not like conducive to, um, to non-contact injuries. So it's like, like ESPN, like released data earlier this year where they said like, Oh, the numbers with non-contact injuries on natural grass versus turf are relatively similar. And it's like, well, not all natural grass is created equal. And you know what I mean? It's just like, I think the Cardinals, uh, the Cardinals natural grass proves that. So, um, you know, that's going to be a battle that's going to continue to go on, but man, it just, yeah, it sucked. It sucked seeing that right at the yeah. beginning of the game. And you got, I mean, like that brings up an interesting point of like, what is the most stable quarterback situation with the, in the within the NFC West, you have Kyler Murray that may miss time next season. Geno Smith's going to be a free agent. Do the Seahawks want to upgrade, even though he's having a great season because they will have the a high draft pick because of the Broncos, uh, trade with Russell Wilson. You got the 49ers with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. You don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to come back and Matthew Stafford's career is kind of up in the air with the spinal cord contusion. So we shall see, we shall see in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get out of here real quick, I want to say RIP to Mike Leach. Uh, that sucked. Absolutely terrible. Yep. Um, I can't think of many coaches in sports that have had an impact by not so much what he'd done on the field, but just what, what a personality he was. And I think he's hilarious. Um, big fixture on the Tolbert Cope show. Uh, Tom is a big fan of his. Just some of his quotes. Guy that could talk about anything. Was very goofy. Um, God, just terrible. So RIP to Michael Leach. Yeah, yeah. Hated hearing that news. Like, just awful. Awful. He's one of the great characters in all the sports. And yeah. he, he's... 
gosh, that, that whole thing was just really bothersome with all like the, the RIP stuff. And it's like, yeah. Oh, well, it's not happening. It's, it's, he's okay. And then like, you know, the following morning, then it gets reported. Apparently it did happen last night. Maybe it was just leaked when they didn't want it to. I, 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 I don't, I don't know. It was just, the whole thing was just a mess, but um, yeah, just unfortunate for him and his family and just the world of sports, man. He was a, he was a real one. He was totally authentic. And that's something that's really hard to find in sports nowadays. Yep. Agreed. All right, Steven, I can tell you're tired and hangry. Um, well, I'm hangry. You, you said you got to eat. I do. I got wings waiting for me. Ooh, what kind? Uh, mango habanero and, and hot. So um, From Fire Wings? You know it. I'm probably not going to sleep tonight. Then. <laughs> These <laughs> things are going to keep me up forever. Probably. All right, everybody. We will see you on Sunday. Or actually, you know what? Sorry. We're going to see you on Saturday for the Saturday game. So tune in Saturday morning for uh, we'll, uh, just your pregame show, man. you got three Saturday games. Steven, oh, yeah. say what you always say. Uh, it's just our opinion. Man, that was quick. Uh,